0: And welcome back again to the Gryffindor Common Room. I'm your host, Retta. I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm the guest, Emma.
0: Woohoo! Welcome back,
2: Emma. We're so glad to have you back.
1: I am so happy to be back.
2: Yes. Cannot wait to finish this conversation with you and see where this goes. Yes. So, yes, if you have not listened to part one that we
0: released last week uh, that was all about book characters, the, the movie's kind of messed up. We're continuing on that discussion because we just had too much to say
2: to leave it at one part. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of characters dirty and some of it was directing, some of it was writing. Um, none of it was the actors. The actors did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's just put that out there. It was not the actors. Yep. All right. Well, First off, we have a birthday um, in February here. February 6th, our favorite dad from the series, Arthur Weasley. Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> He's all our dads. We just, you know, we're all just putting ourselves in the Weasley family.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope you figured out the function of a rubber duck. <laughs>
2: You were supposed to buy him a rubber duck for for his birthday, did you? Shoot, I thought that was for Father's Day. No, it was for his birthday. We had this discussion.
0: I thought we were doing the spark plugs for his birthday.
2: Oh, crap. I knew I forgot to get something. Dang it. Oh, well. (laughs) All right.
0: So, yes, as with last week, we will be discussing the entire series in detail there will be spoilers aplenty. So, if you don't care about spoilers for the books and the movies, continue on. Um, if you do care about spoilers for things that happen throughout the books and movies, definitely pause this, go read slash
2: watch or both everything, and then come back and listen to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoilers are going to be a part of this. Um, nothing we can really do about that. However, this is also nice if, you know, you have watched the movies, but you haven't read the books or listened to the audiobooks for whatever reason, um, this is a good place to get that information from. So
0: that's our goal is to be welcoming with that and to help make this a more inclusive community. There's, there's no gatekeeping here. No judgment. If you have not read the books, we still want you here and no matter your house.
2: I mean, I guess if we have to let the Ravenclaws in, I mean we do let Preston in periodically. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We we love our pet Ravenclaw. We love you, Preston, and we miss you. It's the
0: Slytherins you gotta watch out for. Excuse me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, we know it's really the Hufflepuffs. I mean, you know.
0: Always gotta
1: watch out for Hufflepuffs.
2: ooh, Ooh, better not tell Melissa that one could make a very uh awkward uh, leaky con for us <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> we like her in a meal even if they are hufflepuffs yeah
0: we just need to get one of them on the show
2: mm, i did talk to melissa today and we're on for april with her oh sweet oh, i i love having guests on anyway <laughs> uh, side note before we get into the main discussion do you know what we jokingly call hufflepuffs in my house because my Soon to be 18 year olds, a Hufflepuff? Particularly good finders? Well, no. Huffley Pufflies. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> That's so cute. It just, just sounds cute. She's a Huffley Puffly. I'm going to call my so. sister that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so here we go. On to our main discussion. And again, these are characters that are important to the series. But they were not ranking with, let's say, the Golden Trio or McGonagall. Uh, One of these are, are, and I'll go through the list real quick and then we'll dive into into details. Yep. Now, this the first one we should have listed last week, and that was an oversight on our part. Our apologies. Yep. We All three of us had that list in front of us and none of us thought about it. Um, Our first one is going to be Neville Longbottom. And we're going to talk about him, and we're going to talk about his backstory and his parents' backstory. Then we're going to talk about the Dumbledores. We're going to talk about Aberforth and Ariana. Then Gilderoy Lockhart, uh, friends, and Bane, who were the Centaurs, Frank Bryce, Argus Filch, Creature, the Dursleys, Cho Chang, Barty Crouch Jr., Fenrir Greyback. Lavender brown, and then Colin and Dennis Creepy. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's talk about Neville. Mm-hmm. So, Ruddy, You want to? You want to take the lead on Neville here? Yeah, Neville was he was such an underrated character.
0: I love his development. I love that he struggles with magic when he's trying to use his dad's wand, and then at mm-hmm. the end of Order of the Phoenix, when his dad's wand breaks. And he gets a one that actually chooses him. He then suddenly is a much more accomplished wizard. Who could have foreseen this? Um, and I love the way that he steps up. And really, even though he doesn't see it at first. Like he really does embody the values of Gryffindor House. He's fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And Matthew Lewis did such a great job portraying the young, unsure, somewhat dorky. Neville Longbottom, uh, all the way to the. I'll more, fight you. <laughs> yes, all the way up to the more mature, headstrong Neville. Yeah, that was that was great, mm-hmm.
0: and he's so nice. He's really yes. nice. Emma and then I meet, met him last summer at Fan Expo, and he was so nice. We were really awkward, but he was really nice, and like it was a really it, great conversation.
1: It didn't help that we came. Uh, we came off of it. Well, I tried, I oh, don't know, it was an awkward interaction with a voice actor from an anime that I liked, and I was just not feeling great after that. He made me feel a little better
2: talking to him. Mm-hmm. That, that's that got to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. The one thing that that I think they really did him dirty with, and, okay. For the people who have not read the books... He does not end up with Luna, okay? He ends up with Hannah Abbott. They end up married. They have a family. Now, I have nothing against that combination of Luna and Neville. That's a cute couple. And we will go into couples that we would ship, you know, outside of canon. What I think is better for Luna, though, is who she ends up with. She ends up with the grandson of Newt's commander, which, you know, looking at his background and then looking at Luna's, that's a great combination right there. Like, how do you beat that? Two mm-hmm. people who are really into magical creatures?
0: Quirky
2: mm-hmm. yeah. so, um, and curious. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think the
0: other thing, too, is we miss... The backstory of what happened to his parents so it's mentioned that he lives with his grandmother in the movies but we miss the fact that his parents frank and alice longbottom were tortured into insanity shortly after harry's parents were killed so neville is you know a year and a half old and the death eaters are trying to find information about voldemort's whereabouts and use the cruciatus curse um on frank and alice longbottom until they literally lose their minds and bellatrix was actually one of the ones that was responsible it was was it bellatrix and her husband and Barty crush jr they were the ones that tortured them into insanity i think i think so yeah so it was um those three and we see them in book five when harry and the others are at saint mungo's hospital for magical maladies and it just it adds so much to Neville's character to know that he was at he was raised by his grandmother but not because he was orphaned but he did lose his parents just in a different way than Harry lost his parents
1: Mm -hmm. and here's a here's here's a thing Neville Longbottom is almost treated and maybe you guys saw this differently interpreted this differently in watching the movies but they kind of made him a bit of a comic relief side character that only really got cool in the last couple of movies
0: yeah and i mean he was a dork throughout but i don't his development just wasn't even it wasn't an even logical development throughout the movies
2: the way that it was in the books Okay, so just, just a quick side note. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, the Harry Potter lexicon is one of the best online encyclopedias for the characters because it's all based on the books. So real quick, I just on there, I just pulled up Neville. This is kind of one of the, the sad moments from the book. I believe Neville visits them his parents, with his grandmother during the holidays. They do not recognize him. That's a quote from Albus Dumbledore. So, they were tortured so bad they couldn't even recognize their own child. It says here, Neville Longbottom is the son of Frank and Alice Longbottom, famous and well-liked Aurors who were tortured into madness by the Death Eater Bellatrix Lestrange. The Longbottoms are one of the few pure-blood families in the wizarding world. So it's just really, really sad. <laughs> I mean that they they don't recognize their own child. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not like the, he again. It says they visit him, so it's not like they said, "Oh, by the way, this is your kid." And they went, "Oh, okay, this is our kid." No, they never could remember him. They were tortured that badly.
1: But there was also the oh. thing with the candy wrappers. And was it the mom mm-hmm. that would give Neville bits of candy yes. wrappers? And it's like there's yes. some level of emotional recognition even if she doesn't recognize her son. And that is also right. heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh.
2: hmm So another thing that was not covered in the movies is it talks about <clears throat> Neville's background in the book. And they thought Neville, his family, thought he was a squib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until his uncle
0: threw him out the window and then he bounced. And you're like, <laughs> what was your plan? You're either going to have a dead kid or a wizard on your hands?
1: That's always the thing. It's like, was his family abusive or eccentric? I can't decide. I think both might be oh. the answer
0: here.
2: Um, I don't think... Okay, and and this is not really uh, an excuse. This is history okay let's look at his grandmother okay so neville was born july 30th 1980 same era as me so his parents were born probably oh i don't know what years probably what 50s or 60s maybe yeah um somewhere in there if if Well, yeah, because they, they were young during the first war. Okay. So the grandmother is probably very old school in how she would raise someone. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that's nothing against her. So I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hate Neville's grandmother. Okay. Well, look at how she probably thought kids should be raised. Also, You've now left a woman who should be enjoying her older age having to raise a child. That's not easy on her either. Mm -hmm. No. So, um, you know, and then none of the only thing he excelled at really in school was herbology. So (laughs) that's kind of Mm -hmm. until he got that new
0: one that chose him. And then, like, he got a lot better at stuff and especially defensive magic. He suddenly got a lot better at it.
1: But Herbology was one of the things you didn't need a wand in first and foremost, and that's not discounting his interest and skill in Herbology. Yep.
2: And the fact that the teacher didn't bully him. Exactly. Let's leave Snape out of this. This is not the pick on Snape episode. You may do that during the (laughs) great Snape debate.
0: Coming to the Gryffindor common room in two weeks. yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs> um <laughs> oh only two weeks but no I, I and we'll get into that yes he was he was bullied in potions but he didn't excel in anything so it wasn't yeah. just potions he was bad at you know that's everything and i've had i've had people argue that all the time oh well if he had had a potion teacher that cared about him he would have excelled well, he no, struggled in happen.
0: Transfiguration under McGonagall, too. And McGonagall wasn't cruel to him. Like, I definitely don't think that being bullied helped the situation at all. But it also no, was not but, but the but only I'm,
2: factor. No, but what what I'm saying, though, is that there was nothing that was going to make him good at potions. Yeah. End of story. Same thing with Transfiguration. Nothing was going to make him good at that. Poor like, you either... Yeah. Um why is it always me yes <laughs> poor neville poor poor neville but herbology just the the fact that he could excel mm-hmm. and he did so well and he enjoyed it what i find really disturbing is how he discovered he enjoyed it so much
0: like with the mimbalus and
2: yeah
0: that, you know, if you poke it, it squirts stink sap all over everything?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's just something to be said for that that's just um,
0: yeah. It feels like a very Gryffindor plant.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and then for those who have watched the movies, before we knew who Mad-Eye really was, you know, Mad-Eye going, oh, here, I, I I was told you excel in, or you like herbology. Mm, yeah, okay, so it was Barty Crouch Jr. But again, he he really gets more into the love of books and reading about it,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: he does well. He is also the one that you know grew, I think, more in that time mm-hmm. than anyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think another critical part of that the movies kind of miss is that Neville could have also been the chosen one, mhm, you know, so like the prophecy that Snape overheard uh, Professor Trelawney giving to Dumbledore, you know referred to a dark haired boy born of parents who had defied Voldemort three times, and it mm-hmm. could have been Harry or Neville, mm-hmm. but because. Like, Voldemort made the assumption that it was Harry and went after Harry's parents and then, you know, went after Harry, marked him as e- as his equal. It then had to be Harry.
2: Yeah. And it makes you wonder what would have happened had it been Neville. hmm Because he wouldn't have had that mother's love to protect him.
0: Yeah. His parents uh, yeah. were already crazy at that point. No, because it was after Voldemort disappeared, wasn't it? Because it was they were torturing them, trying to find information about Voldemort. But it wouldn't have had the whole Snape going to Voldemort and being like, "No, no, no!" Like, save the mom, you know, save Lily at all costs. Like that's what enabled Lily to make that sacrifice because Voldemort didn't was going to try to not kill her, but she gave up her life to save Harry's, and that's what cast the protective charm. Trying to
2: remember. Um... Uh, yeah, okay, you're right, sorry. It's all good. Yep, Yep, forgot about that little bit. Um, Fact-checking is always good. (laughs) Yep, uh, real quick, so here's another thing. They don't recognize even the grandmother. (sighs) So, yeah, it's not just Neville they don't recognize. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's, um, mm. it's really, yikes.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, and even Harry remarks, if I'm remembering correctly, he remarks about, like, as much as he's sad that his parents were killed, it would be an equally horrible experience for your parents to still be alive, but not know who you are. Yeah. To be, like, Mm -hmm. incapable of... Processing who you are.
2: Mm hmm. It's oh can't even I mean, the only good thing that came out of their torture was that Bellatrix did go to Azkaban.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: So um but it makes you wonder what would have happened, you know, if, if she hadn't, would she have been killed and yeah that's another deep dive we'll have to go into like theories of what would have happened but yeah what if what if Voldemort had chosen
0: Neville that oh that's gonna be I need to write that down that's gonna be a great episode
1: a what if episode that
0: is Ooh.
1: sorry that's how my. this is exactly how I write I like stories that. they're like hey hell huh, what if I, what if this happened and then I build a whole story on top of it good story bad story whatever I just have fun making my own headcanon
2: yeah, that's actually another uh, episode we're going to do. We're going to talk about head cannons. Um, so many episodes so I planned. Oh,
1: gosh. Hey, that's good. I it. keep panicking about my podcast in future episodes because there's a lot I can talk about, but I'm scared to talk about any of it. So.
2: Well, we have a few of those, you know, like <laughs> who Michelle ships with Snape, uh-huh. um, besides herself. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yes, this is what these two have to deal with for me.
0: <laughs> if you want to find that out, you're going to have to come to our panel at LeakyCon. That's that's all I'm going to say about that.
2: Wait, I have to call this out at LeakyCon?
0: It's an incentive to get people to come to our panel. But I, I, had,
2: I, uh, I Do you remember what happened when I said that canon in the Gryffindor meetup? The whole room went quiet.
0: Yeah, but I'll be there to protect you and bully anybody that bullies you. She is a really
1: good bully.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're getting off topic. Oh my gosh. I'm now being called out to discuss something at LeakyCon. Okay, wow. I can edit that out. Um, No, we're going to leave that. We're just going to leave that. Okay. Okay. Moving
0: on to our next family with lots of issues that were not discussed in the movies.
3: Dumbledore
0: oh my gosh I would like to start by saying we do not hate Albus Dumbledore here in the Gryffindor Mm -hmm. common room but
2: depends on the day of the week
0: yes my opinion on him as a character changes every time that I read or watch the series because he was a good man in some instances and a very horrible person in other instances
1: hmm Well, um, Michelle, you and I were talking about this last week where uh you don't like Gilderoy because he's a liar, and I don't like um Umbridge because she's a manipulator. I also li- don't like Dumbledore because he's a manipulator, except it's at a very broader I do not I don't mm-hmm. I don't know the follow up words to that, but you know you know what I mean.
2: Right. And and, and Dumbledore is you know it- Lying by omission is still lying. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he's a liar. Mm -hmm. He had
0: no reason to hide so much of that from Harry. He's both of the things we hate.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, and I think if Harry had known everything that had gone down with Ariana that would have changed Harry's perspective Mm -hmm. on Dumbledore. Um, Because Dumbledore, you know, at one point, you know, and for those who don't know, um, he got mixed up with Grindelwald. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they were romantically involved. It was kind of
0: hinted at in the books, but it was like more solidly established in interviews and in Fantastic
2: Beasts. Right. Which it is what it is. Cool. You know, don't, have a problem with that what i have a problem with is his relationship got his sister killed
1: Mm -hmm. and they don't even cover they don't cover any of that
2: right but he did you know if you're going to ask someone like he asked harry to trust him now i understand honestly not telling a young child hey by the way you know i want you to trust me but let me let you know i got my sister killed okay but Harry go goes through all these things with him and grows up trusting him. And at some point he could have said, you know, I need this is what I need to tell you. You know, you can be mad at me, you can hate me for it, but I need to tell you this is what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and off of the Harry Potter lexicon, just for anybody who hasn't read the books, um, it says Uh, Angry that his brother is neglecting their fragile sister for his new friend, Aberforth confronts Albus and Grindelwald about their plans to leave Godric's Hollow and make their mark on the world. Grindelwald tells Aberforth that he just doesn't understand, and then uses the Cruciatus Curse on the younger boy. Then a duel breaks out between the three wizards. So that's between Aberforth, Albus, and Grindelwald. The duel overwhelms Ariana, who had snuck down the stairs, they didn't realize she was there. Ariana reacts in some way that causes her to be caught in the crossfire. It's unknown who cast the spell that killed her. But then, like, we know that Aberforth broke Al- Albus's nose at her funeral. Mm-hmm.
2: It's so tragic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's really... <sighs> it's sad. It's pathetic. It's... A whole range of emotions go through with that. And, you know, that's the thing, though. And Rudd and, and I just did a, a quick uh, listen on the last movie. It's barely covered.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Barely. So you don't get that in the movie. You don't get the understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Because there was a whole thing with their dad that, like, when Ariana was a little girl, these three muggle boys saw her doing accidental magic, started picking on her, so their father took it out on her. He gets sent to Azkaban, and so, you know, there's a whole bunch of family history and drama there that really you see come into play with how Albus was as a person and why he believed the things that he believed, why he did the things that he did. That you just you don't mm-hmm. get just off of the movies alone,
1: mm-hmm. correct. But I mean, th- that's the thing. Rowling always wrote very layered stories, and we see that especially in the last book. It's a very layered story with a lot of a lot of things happening that make up a whole brilliantly. And I I, I gotta wonder how they would do that effectively in a movie. And I don't think they can do it effectively in a movie. But the problem solver in my brain is like is there a way that they could have done this better than what they did?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so much of the last movie is just taken up by the Battle of Hogwarts, as it is. Which, I've got my own thoughts on that, but we'll save that for another episode.
2: Hmm. So, um, and for those that don't know, by the way, the okay, so going to the, the mother and father of The Dumbledores. Um, Kendra was actually killed by Ariana. Oh, yeah. Because Ariana was an obscurial. Yep. And then uh, the father attacked the Muggles. And so, no parents.
0: And so, Aberforth was upset that Albus was just, like, gonna go travel the world with his boyfriend instead of taking care of his sister. And it's like, well, yeah, that's... You you should be taking care of your family first and foremost, or at least making sure that they are being taken care and uh, taken care of before you just go right. gallivanting on a trip.
2: Yep, yep. So it's a uh, really sad, really. Hmm. That's a whole tragic line that should have been explored more. Mm-hmm.
0: I do understand Emma's point though about there's only so much that you can do in a movie and it is such a nuanced tale that it would have been hard to like introduce that whole entire subplot and history on the screen without making a six-hour movie now that we would have objected to a six-hour movie
2: i would have been i would have been fine with a 12-hour movie
0: yeah like can we just have a series and each chapter is one episode
2: yeah i would have been fine with that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or certain
0: chapters could be more than one episode honestly
1: Take it slower through the books so we can enjoy all of the beautiful world building and all of the beautiful characters as they should be, and make it animated so you can put uh, Dobby in there anywhere you wanted to.
0: Yeah, and then you don't Ooh. have to worry about all of your characters or all of your actors aging out of these child roles.
2: More time with Snape.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm down. We always cool. end up back here. <laughs> All roads lead to Snape. That's
1: Michelle's brain. Like she doesn't know.
2: (laughs) Look. Just because I have a giant Snape plushie, you know. I mean. With tiny hands. He's cute. He's cute. (laughs) Gonna have to hug him again if y'all are gonna pick on Snape. (laughs)
0: I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not picking. Pick. It's her. She's the picker. I think. <laughs> I think we're done with uh, Dumbledore's for now. Do we have anything more to say about them before we move on to our next
2: character? <sighs> no, my least favorite teacher. Okay. Here we yes. go. Gilderoy Lockhart, the fraud that was. Ugh, God, God, I hate this character. Sleazeball. Yeah. Yes. You know. It, I watched the first two movies before I read the books. And I didn't really start to appreciate Snape until I read the books. But the moment that duel happened... <gasps> in the films between Snape and Lockhart...
1: Beautiful. oh Beautiful. Beautiful.
2: Oh just seeing him get wiped by snape was great i wouldn't have cared who had wiped the floor with him i honestly would it could have been anyone it could have been filch and i would have been like team filch <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't care i just dislike the man so much
1: here's a weird thing on casting and this might just be me i just didn't think that um kenneth brenna the reason I remember his name is... Never mind. Um, I don't <laughs> know if Kenneth Brenna directed the first Thor movie. That is why I remember his name so well.
2: Um, did he or did he obliviate the real director and put his name in?
1: We don't know! <laughs>
2: um, I'm just saying. But
1: I don't... I, like, Kenneth Brenna was a weird pick for Gildor because I... he Granted, I'm not a middle-aged mom... But I have been a middle school child. And I don't know if I would have ever found him as dashing as Hermione and some of the other younger girls.
0: Would he have was him. not attractive enough. I I have a personal headcanon that Gilderoy was actually part Vila. Because the effect that he has on women is very similar to the effect that Flora has on men. But we can discuss that in our headcanon episode.
2: But But again, okay, so we're also... Talking, hmm, about different, okay, this is where the age thing comes into play. Mm. And this is where we've talked about the actors and, and the, how do we put the, the the actors the, the, and the age of what they are versus what they play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, that, because I think, let's see, how old is Kenneth Branagh? He's, okay, Grant, he's only four years older than the character he played, okay? But, let's be honest, four years can make a difference. hmm You know, you look at someone who, let's say, is 28 versus 24, that 24-year-old can be that young charmer that that 28-year-old cannot be. Especially when so much of the emphasis on who he is as a character
0: is based off of his looks. Exactly. Right. Yes. What is
1: it which weekly's
0: most charming smile? How many times yes. in a row? Seven times in a row. Uh-huh.
2: Okay, so he was supposed to have golden, wavy hair.
1: Yeah, that too.
2: The, um, his eyes were described as forget-me-not blue. Yeah. I mean, these are things so that cheesy. I remember. <laughs> because I just sat there and went, ew. <laughs> okay. Not my type. Hair The color of strained peaches. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> mm, okay. What? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry,
3: that was a weird reference. You can count that if you want. Nope.
2: Yeah. I don't think I will. Yeah. Nope. We're just leaving that one in. Um I mean, he's no Snape, but he's supposed to be a good looking character. Yeah. Um also I didn't I don't that's just my personal opinion. Kenneth Brenna is not someone I would rule over in any movie. No is he a good looking person yes is he that drop he's someone I can look at and go okay you're 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 not this hideous ugly person you're you're, you're good looking okay. I believe
1: that you can charm someone
0: but not that you could charm anybody or that you could win which weekly's most, most charming. charming smile award seven years running
2: mm-hmm. right uh, i I don't know who I would pick for that
0: uh, like Sam Claflin,
2: Henry Cavill, but blonde. Oh, mm. okay. Yes. Yes. I w- okay. I will give you, yes. I will give you Henry Cavill. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I did okay.
0: really love Gilderoy's character in the very Potter musicals. He's in a very Potter senior year and he has this monologue about like, Hermione's like, if you could do anyone, I mean, anything right now, what would it be? And he just goes into this dialogue about how he would shrink himself down to the size of a mouse, and he would be their king. Nay, their prince. And, like, just has this whole, like, two-minute monologue that is just... If you've never seen it, you need to go look it up. And I guarantee you, it will make you laugh. And it just... it Yeah. Yeah. He has a whole song about how great he is. And everybody starts singing along. Like the very
2: Potter musicals nailed Gilderoy's
0: character.
2: Yeah, because if he could have really done that, he would have. Um, uh-huh. Here's another thing: he has an Order of Merlin, yeah. and I don't remember what. Yeah, I I don't remember what class it was, but he has an Order of Merlin. That much I remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna someone Google that. I'm gonna investigate he has, this. He does. He has an Order of Merlin which is disturbing how do you how did he get that like i i want to know what they thought they were doing by giving him that
1: like I, I mean it's it's one thing to fake a whole uh or it's one thing to fake author several books it's another thing to i don't know like you bewitching somebody are you faking somebody are you making somebody forget something what are you doing to get that buddy
2: Yeah, I just, I never got how he could also have the lack of conscience.
0: I'm so sorry, I just muted you, that was all my fault. I was trying to unmute myself, and I'm sorry. Oh no, you killed her. I can't (laughs) unmute her now. Oh no. I'm unmuted. I'm so sorry. I'm writing my head
2: in shame. At what point? Did you mute me? So I know where I am?
1: I don't know. We were just trying to figure out how we got that award. I don't know where you cut off.
0: Because I found the answer. Mm-hmm. You can just keep monologuing. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Okay, since uh, Loretta is going to have to uh, insert this later on, she accidentally muted me. Accidentally on purpose. Um, it was not on purpose so... this time. <laughs> <laughs> this, time. Okay. this is why during the Great Snape debate, you are not allowed control of the mute button. Um, <clears throat> this is why Preston will have control of the mute button. And he will be logging in as the Gryffindor common room. <laughs> Mhm. Um no, so he has Order of Merlin. Um did you did you find out which class it is?
0: Yes, so it is third class. According to fandom.com, he's the only one who's received the Order of Merlin third class. Um and it the notes here it was awarded for his encounters with many dark creatures and penning his autobi- autobiographic works with instructions on how to safely repel them. In 1993 and later, it was revealed that he had only taken credit for those deeds and had not really done any of them. It does not say anything mm. about if he lost his Order of Merlin in third class, which he obviously should have.
2: Well, yeah, obvi- he should have, but they probably didn't at that point, too. Because we're talking about someone who is now in the Janice Thickey Ward. That's, That's with, true.
4: Functionally,
1: know. Not brain dead, not brain dead, not brain dead. And and
2: for those who don't know, the Janice Thickey ward is a long term ward for patients with permanent spell damage. So this is not something he'll ever get back. He'll never get his memories back. Yep. Um, To put it in perspective, he is now in the same ward as Allison Frank Longbottom. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's
1: here's a world building thought that I just had. Um, so the long the long parents have a understandable place in that ward, and it makes sense since they've sustained long term irrevocable damage. So is Gildor Lockhart technically, but his long term damage is a memory charm, which means in theory what it is is maybe a chance to start over i i i'm thinking about does why does he need to make or remain in that ward is it partially for his safety since he lied no, to I, everybody
2: I, no 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 i think what it is is that even when he remembers people and if anyone's ever seen the the movie Fifty First dates um there's always this guy that um I can't remember his name, but he has to keep reintroducing himself because after Tom, uh, 10 second Tom, that's what it is. And my husband just whispered that to me um, because my husband is awesome like that. So he'll meet you and he'll be like, hi, I'm Tom. 10 seconds will pass. Hi, I'm Tom. Have we met? And I think it's the same thing with Lockhart. Remember that he used Ron's broken, wand true okay so instead of just being uh you know a memory charm he loses his memory that's it can start fresh oh who i am i this is who i am okay no he can't remember anything from that point on and i i don't know if that's canon but that is a lot of what i've heard
1: that makes a lot more sense that's a leap in logic that i'd take
2: well and there's no as far as we know there's
0: no like at home. Therapy or anything like that. No assisted living centers. Like the medical care for anybody with any sort of medical issue, disability, etc., is severely lacking. Or the disabilities are just like magic to way. Um, Wizards are ableist. <laughs> I, I yeah. Um. There was somebody at LeakyCon that did a really great panel on that that I actually want to have on the show to talk about
2: it. It's, it's a whole thing. I, Real quick, I, by the way, it, be there. It, I just pulled on the lexicon. I just pulled up um, Lockhart's profile here because I wanted to check something and I probably should have pulled this up at the beginning, but yep, yeah, didn't. Um, so his mother was a witch. His father was a muggle. He had two older sisters who were both squibs. So he was the favorite child by the mother, which is probably where he got, and it says it here, uh, and this makes sense, probably where he they he got that whole ego, mm-hmm. and where he got that inflated ego and everything is his mother doted on him, because he's the only magical child she has, and she's a witch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, look at my child who can perform magic. You know? So there we go. Yeah
0: man had issues and <laughs> a lot of those issues were not explored fully and the movies and yeah because we see him you know because we never see frank and alice in movie five we never see gilderoy because he's in the same ward as they are and like it would have been really cool to have seen st Mungo's in the movies it's a shame that we didn't get it because that was like the magic hospital and so you see people that like you know have all these random growths and random things attached to their body or they've sprouted wings or you know they've got dragon pox all these very interesting magical maladies that it would have been really cool to have
2: seen i would have loved to have seen more of saint mungo's
0: oh
1: yeah
2: in, in general i just i would have i would have loved that
1: i am I I made the joke earlier that the Wizarding World is ableist, but it's like, I'm always fascinated with how world building deals with disability. because I'm like, okay, how are you going to do that? Because Hogwarts Castle is inaccessible. In the D&D game that Loretta mentioned a couple episodes ago that I am also part of, my character is also disabled and she gets around the castle with a broom and a crutch that's attached to the broom. But it's like, that would be the only way I could figure out accessibility for that other area aside from enchanting a chair to fly
2: okay so looking and doing a little bit of deep dives and then we'll get back on topic (laughs) um because we're going way off topic here that's my fault you know our
4: no No, it's it's all of
2: us like look all of us like to go on tangents here okay (laughs) um part of the reason that someone said that there's no one that appears disabled in that world is because they know how to cure it. Okay? They have the potions, they have the technology, they have the spells. Think about They can regrow bones. Harry loses a bone in his arm due to Lockhart being an idiot. And they regrow it. But think about... And before anyone goes, well, that's just them being ableist. But think about how that would affect the Muggle world if they got out. There's already been persecution of so-called witches. There's already been a hunt for them. And now they're expected, uh, witches and wizards are expected to solve all the world's problems for Muggles. Who have tortured and killed and hurt them for hundreds of years. Yeah, let's follow that one under not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, it just feels like lazy writing and like you didn't want to bother trying to include people with disabilities. Like I I understand that logic and that reasoning, but at the same time I think representation is such an important thing that it should ha- sh- there should have been some sort of effort, even if it's not a physical disability, to just have some sort of I don't know. I just and, for
1: me, I can get, in, like, this is me and world building and getting into a very technical sense as well. Not everything that has an easy fix, not everything can be fixed with Goro. I've got brain damage that is genetic. That's a fun thing, but I I've got that disability and I don't there isn't a fix in the n- more bleh, normal muggle world for that i don't know if there would be a fix in the wizarding world as well
2: well i'm 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 not talking about that type i'm talking about you know why we don't see anyone with a wheelchair mm-hmm. or with permanent crutches that's the di- disabilities i'm talking about obviously there are disabilities mental disabilities in the magical world But again, they don't have that interaction with the muggle world Mm. to learn how to treat some of these things or get the therapies or whatever else. And again, that can be chalked up to the fact of they can't really talk to muggles about this when you've got those same people who've persecuted you and tried to kill you. Are you really going to go to them and go, hey, so we've got this issue. Can you help us? I, I, I grew mm. up with this
0: dark wizard who killed my parents and orphaned me, always trying to kill me on a yearly basis. It's <laughs> not really something you could go to a muggle therapist for.
2: <laughs> right. You know, or like Lockhart and and trying to send him to, to therapy to recover memories. Mm. Yeah. Can you imagine the, the muggles going um so he's a wizard? Can he fix this while he's at it? If we restore his memory can we fix this? Yeah. Or fix that? Or what can you do for us? Yeah. And I think that there's a reason there was that that secrecy it's fair. put into place. You know, I mean it, if you were persecuted for hundreds and thousands of years, would you really want an interaction with those same people? Because I wouldn't. It's fair. I, I, not me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that that goes into Lockhart. Um, <laughs> quick side note, before we jump into the centaurs, here's a really crazy thought if for anyone out here who didn't know this. Kenneth Branagh, Lockhart, was actually married to Emma Thompson. Trelawney, oh yeah who had an affair with helena bonham carner yeah. <laughs> and loretta's law has just hit the floor
1: i just i i like, don't like here's the thing that i have a rule of never meet your heroes because they disappoint you and they make you sad inside and that makes me sad inside let's move on to
2: centaurs <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. but boy. look the, the, she's just trying to picture Lockhart and Bellatrix marry or together. <laughs> That's what she's trying to picture. <laughs> I we broke Retta. Now
0: I Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the
2: centaurs.
4: <laughs> what is it?
2: Uh. Retta, you wanna take the lead on this one? Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, the centaurs we see fairly regu- regularly throughout the books. Um, and they are given a lot more agency. And specifically Forenzi is the one that in book one, when Harry is given detention in the Forbidden Forest because, for, you know, that's a great idea. Um, yeah. You're in trouble for going to a forbidden part of the castles. We're going to send you to a forbidden part of the grouts. That's a great idea.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, well, it He track. was
2: with Fang.
0: He was a coward. <laughs> in Agra's own words. Anyway, we'll, I'll get on that tangent another time. Firenze is the one that kind of saves Harry from who we later find out to be Quirrell slash Voldemort drinking unicorn blood. He lets Harry ride on his back to safety. Um, mm-hmm. And then in book four... Or book five, I think it is, when Trelawney gets sacked, Dumbledore brings Forenzi in to teach divination to the students. Um, And then the next year, once Umbridge is gone, Forenzi and Trelawney have to take turns teaching the divination classes. Don't have any of that narrative in the movies.
2: Yeah. Here's the
1: thing. I can almost... If we're talking about what you can put into a movie, aside from that being difficult and aside from that being challenging, I can't imagine why that was something that they decided not to put in the movies. Yeah. At least challenging for the characters. Turmoil within characters within world. That's what I meant.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't like the fact that they cut him out because... That is something that Hermione notices. Um, that you know, these "quote unquote" creatures uh, are pretty smart. They they are classified though as a beast
0: because they asked
2: to be classified that
0: way, though. Mm-hmm. Right, but they're not. Yeah, they have agency and sentience. They're self aware. They're
2: intelligent. Mm Mm-hmm. They're great characters. Their divination is so much different than Trelawney's. Theirs is based on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of knowledge that they've passed down to one another. Theirs is true divination. I think Hermione would have taken that class. Yeah. Uh, versus Trelawney's which is oh let's read these tea leaves and oh you're gonna die
0: <laughs> yeah oh tell me which one of you did she predict was gonna die this year <laughs> okay well she predicts the death of a student at least once a year every year and none of them have died yet you're gonna be fine but I promise if you die you don't have to turn in my homework <laughs> Magadigal's the best <laughs> she,
2: she really is <laughs> <laughs> She really is. That's another thing. Frenzy. Um, he's the one out of his group, his his family. He's the one that uh, trusts humans the most, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. So um, he did also fight in the Battle of Hogwarts. Yep. Oh yeah, he did.
0: Mm-hmm. And showed up to Dumbledore's funeral. But mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. Oh, didn't get Dumbledore's funeral. Shame. For yeah. quote-unquote budget concerns. And I'm like, you're making the Harry Potter movies. What do you mean,
2: budget concerns? <laughs> right. There are no budget concerns at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Bane was the centaur that carried off Umbridge. <laughs> Tell them I mean no harm.
0: I'm sorry, Professor. I, mean, I must not tell lies. I must tell lies, right?
2: I mean, Bane did not like humans. Uh, Bane was kind of a jerk. But Bane for carrying off Umbridge is my hero.
0: Did everybody a favor.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, you're not wrong not wrong. <laughs> Ronan was another one.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because none of the centaurs were, like, really named. They weren't really given personalities or agency or any of that in the movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were quite a few. Um, and they were just kind of overlooked. Which was not exactly fair
0: yep mm-hmm. not
2: not when you have one of them teaching a class mm-hmm. yeah that would have been fun to see him go up and down those stairs for divination
0: <laughs> no because he had they cleared a extra classroom downstairs for him didn't they oh yeah they did
2: mm, that's right they did
0: or they asked the first yeah. years to just wingari and leviosa him
2: <laughs> that's but actually, can trust. you imagine him going up the the stairs? How many students would have been knocked over? Oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> considering <laughs> how large a centaur would be, because horses are large and full grown men are large, so somebody that's half horse, half human would be especially large.
2: <laughs> yeah, that could have been fun. Mm-hmm. That that could have been fun. That's an amusing mental image. Mm -hmm. you know he could have you know gone up the stairs and accidentally crushed umbridge that would have been great um i'm just saying it's you know it should have been done all right so uh next one uh retta take lead on this one frank bryce yeah so
0: frank bryce was the name of the groundskeeper at the old riddle mansion so start of book four uh we get what we later find out to be a little bit of kind of backstory on what happened to voldemort tom riddle's uh fa- birth father and his parents and that's uh you know that's this old abandoned mansion and we see frank bryce is the old muggle caretaker that's like approaching over here's warmtail and voldemort talking and his backstory in that opening chapter helps fill in the gaps of what happened to, like I said, Voldemort's birth father and his
2: parents. So Voldemort's paternal grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't we don't get that at all. We get him seeing, well, we get Frank Bryce in the movie making an appearance and then he's killed. Mm-hmm. That's it. Seems a little um, anticlimactic there, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, And at first, I wasn't even sure who that was, I think, um, until the credits rolled around and it said Frank Bryce. And I'm like, wait, that was supposed to be Frank Bryce? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay. No information. None. Yeah. None. So, done very dirty there. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um... I and mean, we didn't get a lot from him in the books, but his role was important anyway.
1: Also, the last line that he has that he says to Potter during the, oh, Prairie and Quintardum. Did we already talk about the Priori and Quintardum? Because I'm having a blank. But yeah, he shows up in order of the last people that um, Voldemort mm-hmm. killed with his wand. And he's like, I don't know what's going on here, dude, but kill that guy.
2: Yeah. Dude. Yeah i mean that's such
1: a cool line and i love it and i paraphrased it a ton but that's basically that's the gist
2: (laughs) paraphrasing is a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. so we should we should have had more onto that when we see this man killed other than just some guy seeing what's going on next Mm -hmm. thing you know avada kedavra he's dead Mm -hmm. that was that was a cheap shot um Okay, so next we have Argus Filch. Poor Filch. (sighs) Aw,
1: man. Filch lies in the same area of Squidward in my brain, where the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, that poor man. Are you Uh okay? Do you need a hug? Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, because it's revealed in the books that he was actually a squib who was trying to take courses to be able to be a fully functioning wizard. And I just, I mean, it would be awful enough to be a squib, which is somebody who is born to wizarding parents, but they themselves have no magical ability. Like, that enough would be really difficult. But then to be around a school full of young witches and wizards who enjoy tormenting you...
1: And also, he can't clean anything with magic. It would have been done them better to hire somebody who could use magic to clean, or to, or at least to do all the stuff that Filch does. But Filch has to do it by hand because he's a Muggle.
2: Yeah, he's not a Muggle. He's or a squid. not a, a Squid. Well, and remember, we find out in the books that he's got. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's that little class, the quick spell for Squares. Yes. he's got the quick spell course. And that was really kind of a sad moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, it helps you understand why he is so grumpy toward the students and why he cares so much about Mrs. Norris, because Mrs. Norris
2: is like really his only friend and only companion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm She's basically his familiar at that point. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just feel really bad for him. And he's kind of abused. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the he doesn't feel needed. He doesn't feel wanted.
0: But there's only so many jobs for squibs in the wizarding world. That's true.
2: Yeah. I mean, you almost have to live your life in the muggle world. Mm-hmm.
1: But that means you're separating yourself from your wizarding family.
2: Yeah. Right. But I think that's part of the reason, too, when he is, you know, offered that little bit of, uh, how do I put it, acceptance from Umbridge. Authority? No, the acceptance from Umbridge. Mm-hmm. Because he becomes part of her little
1: gang there.
2: squad. Mm-hmm. Gang. Hmm. Because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, he feels, it's his first time feeling really a part of the wizarding world. It's someone from the ministry who has taken notice of him.
0: Because she finally is willing to stand up to Peeves, you know, is finally Mm -hmm. trying to establish some of the order and, like, actually listen to him and what he wants.
1: But I would argue Mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, it does, because of that, it does give him authority, which he otherwise doesn't have. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Which is very interesting given Umbridge's history because I believe, one I think only one of her parents was a witch or wizard. I don't remember which parent it was, but then I think her brother was a squib. And she, like, refused to acknowledge that her brother even existed because she was so mortified that she had a squib for a brother.
2: Right, but here's the thing. Let's look at some of the, the worst characters there. Voldemort too. Mm, half and half. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so half blood.
0: Dad's a muggle, mom's a witch. Bit of a nasty shock for him when he find out.
2: <laughs> okay, except he was not evil. <laughs> yeah, Seamus was okay. not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now I, I'm sure McGonagall thought he was a time or two when he blew stuff up. <laughs> Or if we remember him trying to do when Guardian Levios sent his feather blowing up, I'm pretty sure Flitwick went, Oh my gosh, this kid's evil. <laughs> he blew up a feather. How do um, you blow
1: up a feather? It's an easy spell.
2: Well turn
0: this water into rum. Wait, what's he doing down there? Yep. He just said turn this water into rum,
2: Harry. <laughs> Kaboom. Um him and his pyrotechnics. Yep. But you know the the again bellatrix is a pureblood she is extremely evil but the ringleaders it seemed umbridge voldemort they're half-bloods and they hate anyone who's not pureblood
1: i think it's a bit of a can i call it an inferiority complex or am i misusing that the idea just the idea to puff up your chest a bit more to overcompensate for yep. something, yeah. except in a very dramatic and deadly way.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, and even even parallel to, like, Hitler, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, who established this ideal of, you know, the Aryan race, and you had to be blonde and blue-eyed, and but he himself had dark hair and dark eyes.
2: And Jewish uh, background.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but then still went after yeah. everybody else who didn't fit mm-hmm. that blonde, blue eyed ideal, and it just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate the real life parallel there. I do too. Mm-hmm.
2: Filch probably felt you know someone like that giving him a little bit of authority, giving him a sense of belonging was a great person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: really kind of saddened
0: well, and it's kind of kind of in the same way that like creature and Sirius's relationship. Like, as soon as Harry started treating Creature with respect, his whole entire outlook and attitude changed. His responsibilities didn't change at all, but those acts of kindness and just common human respect and decency went so far in changing the ways of, you know, Creature and Filch when they previously had no powerful
2: and were treated extremely disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which, that leads us into Creature.
0: And we, we touched on him a little bit this week, but we, we wanted to go back into it a little bit. Yeah, because we didn't really,
2: mm-hmm. we didn't cover him a lot, or as like we should have.
0: Because, do we see his transformation in the movies? No.
1: no. Not at nope.
0: all. I don't think we, nope. do we even see
1: Yeah, him we in... see him in the movies. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I remember hearing about this, and this is hearsay, but um, I I remember writer, director, whomever, asking, hey, Rowling, is this elf guy actually important? Do we got to do the CGI? And she's like, yes, he's very important. Definitely include him. And they didn't end up doing that in the final movie, even though they went through the trouble of including him in the Prisoner of, not Prisoner of Azkaban, Um, why can't I name things? Um, Order of the Phoenix.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was important. He brings a lot of history of the Black family forward. Mm -hmm. We find out more of uh, Regulus Black due to him. Mm -hmm. So there's that big tie-in that we don't get because they did not put him in. Mm -hmm. He was very pivotal in the books and... You know what they're like? Why is he always going into Regulus's room? Why? 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 You know that's a big thing in in the books. And we don't. Get... Did they? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to remember in the book they didn't cover the whole. No, they did have. They did have R.A.V. at the at the end of um, uh, mm-hmm. God, Prince, but like, how did they? They did. How did they validate? They left it okay they didn't address it at all cool my memory but again
2: we didn't get creature we didn't get rab and those are two Mm -hmm. characters that really tie in together we just didn't get them at all
1: um but yeah we didn't get to see heroic creature which is such a beautiful moment in the books
0: Mm -hmm. well and he's a really great example of how your environment really does affect you you know there's the whole nature versus nurture debate that will never fully be settled because both affect a person but just seeing the way that he you know was raised in his whole entire life he only knew being in the black households where they were extremely prejudiced against muggles and muggle-born witches and wizards Mm -hmm. extremely like you know just very uppity and all of that but then once you see him in that environment where Harry is treating him with kindness and he's like you know I forbid you from calling anybody a mudblood you're not allowed to use that word we're going Mm -hmm. to now treat you with kindness and respect and with the kindness and respect that we wish to receive back from you and then we see Creature in the books changes his entire perspective and becomes helpful and takes care of himself takes care of the house better even treats Mm -hmm. Hermione kindly and with
2: respect Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so they did him dirty.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: We needed more of him. We needed more of all the house elves. Yes. We really needed him. Winky Winky would have been good. Yeah. Yep. So let's go on to the Dursleys.
0: (sighs) The Dursleys were, I mean, they were pretty awful in the movies, but they were so much worse. In the books, Dudley was blonde and described multiple times as either, like, a pig in a wig. Or, like, when they're older, he's described as having reached the size of roughly a young killer whale. Or that he had finally achieved what he'd been threatening to do since the age of three and was as wide as he is tall. I understand not putting that actor through all of that. I do. But, at the same time, it just there's a lot of things about their characters and how they treated Harry and how they interacted with each other that we missed.
2: Right. You get the extended scene Mm. in the movies now, but before you didn't see the whole school uniform bit and how Petunia is making Harry kind of help dye his own hand-me-down clothes (sighs) for school. (laughs) and not even a good school
1: yeah here's the thing Loretta and I remember Loretta more than me because she did it longer we both went to the same school that had this uniform and like I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about a parental figure making me forcefully dye clothing that's not even the quote-unquote official clothing that they want us to use like hand dyeing it so they can buy it for cheaper and it's like I would
0: be mortified Mm -hmm. That would be, that would just be so embarrassing. Yeah. And we miss that iconic line where Dudley is like, well, I heard at that school that they're sending you to that they practice, you know, they give the uh, new students swirlies. So we should, you know, do we want to go upstairs and practice? And Harry's like, no, thanks. The toilet's probably never had anything as nasty as your head down it. And then just runs away before Dudley can figure out what he said. (laughs) I love it. And you're like that's so clever that's like
2: right (laughs) here's something else we we didn't get we didn't get the interaction between albus and tunya Mm. the howler or him
0: showing up on their doorstep and offering them meat and they don't take it and so the glasses are just like floating in midair and like Smacking them in the face while Harry and Dumbledore are talking, and then Vernon's like, "Will you get these things off of us?"
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. I love and then, so of much. course, I don't remember if this was book as well. I know it was movie, but still, to cut this out what, of the movie was a bad part where they're leaving the house, mm. and Petunia's like, "You didn't just lose a mother; I lost a sister."
0: Mm. Or Dudley saying, I don't think you're a waste of space to Harry.
2: Right. But I think the part with Petunia was a little bit more profound Mm -hmm. because you know, for so long she could hide her head in the sand and say, okay, magic is evil, you know, magic is what got my sister killed. Um, Because before that, they were close. Mm -hmm. But I think the having to leave her home and realizing the, the wizarding war is starting back up for on for round two was very traumatic for her. She may not have really cared for Harry. She may not have loved him as she was supposed to, but I think a part of her was worried. Am I going to lose my nephew? I lost my sister.
0: Yeah.
2: Am I going to lose my nephew?
1: And But you also have a parallel to Snape, because once again you have a person that reminds you of a person that you loved for a certain part of your life very passionately, and now you have a reminder of them not being there anymore, which doesn't validate either Snape or Petunia's treatment of Harry, but it's an interesting Mm. parallel. Right.
2: Yes. And in both ways, with Harry looking like James... Mm -hmm. you know they Mm -hmm. both are probably looking at him going it's james's fault lily's dead
1: you're the one that took her away from me Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. that's another thing we don't get snape's interaction with petunia they really don't show that because they did know each other as children
1: layers of characters because
2: remember petunia talks about that horrible boy and she's not talking about James she's talking about Snape mm-hmm.
0: that whole sequence in Deadly Hallows Part 2 the movie where they're like showing you know all of Snape's memories and all of that it just in general I don't think was very well done I think it left a lot of people who had not read the books going wait is Snape Harry's father what's going on here Yeah, it just it did not actually explain the backstory between Snape and Lily and Petunia as well
2: Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. she actually wrote to the school asking if they would accept her Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so we don't get that Mm -hmm. so she -hmm. probably felt very alienated and I'm not defending her behavior but here she is very close to her sister she wants to go to school with her sister she doesn't care if she can practice Mm -hmm. magic But she just wants to be with her sister. And she can't. Yeah. And that's
0: why she responds with the anger and the hatred and fear of witches and wizards of, you know, just calling them freaks and stuff like that.
2: Well, and remember what she says in the movie. Oh, our parents were so proud when she got her letter. We have a witch in the family. So she probably felt less than. And we don't know their parents we don't get any information on the parents in the book or the movies but it makes you wonder if it's not the same thing with lockhart where the mom's like oh look we have a wizard and in their case oh look we have a witch look at how perfect this one is and the others become resentful yeah mm-hmm.
0: all too common honestly and families though you find that a lot that like there's one or two kids that stand out for whatever reason and those are the ones that are the favorites or that get all the attention and like Mm -hmm. it can really affect who you are as a person to grow up
2: in an environment like that Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: all right so uh let's move on because we've we've been going at this for a while and we've got two voicemails today (laughs) yes we do uh let's go on to cho chang
1: I was sad when I read the book
0: Relationship because I'm like, oh, this isn't cute. This is kind of depressing and sad. It's very cringe and just awkward and it's a huge shame that, like, the one, like, I I guess, there's also the uh, Patel twins, but, like, one of the only Asian characters that we get is so, like, like, is given such a cringe name to start with and then is so Mm -hmm. like underdeveloped and just not very well written at all Mm -hmm.
2: well and we don't really see her relationship with Cedric in the movies not in the same aspect that we get in the books yeah Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and the little um for lack of a better term, fling that she had with Harry. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm kind of glad that we don't get that super awkward date that they had in Hogsmeade at the tea shop because I tend to die of secondhand embarrassment because I it can be a very awkward person. Like, I've never been on a date, but if I was, that would probably be how it would go. And it just makes me want to die of secondhand embarrassment every time I read it.
2: Uh. Yeah. That would <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one who got the secondhand embarrassment from her, so, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Cuz she's she's
0: super sad about Cedric and she kind of wants to talk about Cedric with Harry. And Harry's like, "Well, why do you want to talk about Cedric? Like, why are you crying? We're supposed to be happy right now." And like, you know, mm-hmm. I told I told Hermione well, I she- would meet her later. Like, do you mind if we just go hang out with Hermione and chose like Oh, well, fine. I guess if you like Hermione, then we'll just, you just go off and you just hang with Hermione. And Harry's like, okay. Uh, has no idea why Cho has an issue with him talking about Hermione. And you're just like, oh, this poor stupid boy. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. It's because she's jealous. But uh, mm-hmm. okay, so here's another part. And I remember in the books when they're talking about the diadem and like anyone's like does anyone know where it would be and jenny is still a little insecure with cho chang and cho chang's like oh i'll, I'll show you what a picture uh, a picture of it we have it in the um common room and jenny's like yeah luna and can again, take him yeah, and I'm paraphrasing but it's pretty much, um, yeah, how about you just back the hell off? Uh Luna will do this. You're not going anywhere with my man. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Sit your butt down in the corner. Uh, I love you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I also
1: love the, like, we don't get to see as much of um the friendship between Luna and Ginny as much in the movies. I just love that kind of, you go with Luna because I trust Luna because she's my
0: best friend. Yeah, yeah. she, like, stops people from calling her Loony. And I'm like, I, I saw a comic about this the other day that just made me very happy of, yeah, her, like, pulling out her wand. And Luna's like, no, no, Ginny, don't. And she goes, fine, the old-fashioned way then, and just decks the guy. And I'm like,
2: my girl. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know someone once told me they didn't understand you know Harry was had already dated Jenny at this point he only broke up with her because of you know he was going on the run so Jenny had no reason to feel insecure she was very I think she had every reason to feel insecure she had no clue where she stood with Harry and she gets to see him after how much time apart and all of a sudden you've got this girl going oh here i'll go spend time with you oh and it's your boyfriend or well X-ish. kind of boyfriend's ex what's well, your ex's ex yet yeah, no
0: even if they had been currently dating i think it's still completely understandable to not want harry to go be alone with cho Chang.
2: and it's not that she didn't Followed. trust harry she didn't trust cho yeah 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're going to put the moves on my guy. Yeah, no. Don't think so. Yeah,
0: he's got enough going on. Don't distract him.
2: And Cho was pretty much flirting at that point. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't really like her, ever.
0: Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I know I keep talking about a Very Potter musical, but all I can think of is Cho Chang in there. I'm Cho Chang, y'all. She's, she's oh very funny in the Very Potter musicals. Definitely caricaturized, <laughs> but it, it's very good weren't they all well yeah yeah okay it's just like to an even greater extreme with cho chang but all right i digress okay so
2: yes okay so next Ooh. Barty crouch jr what was with the stupid tongue thing okay hold, hold on before we get into the stupidity <laughs> david Tennant though perfect yeah the role
3: Yes. Yes. Oh.
2: I have a hard time seeing him in Doctor Who and him not being psychotic now.
1: I have a weird reverse thing cuz I saw Doctor Who before I saw Harry Potter and some my brain's like it's the 10th Doctor. It's the 10th Doctor. Also in the same movie where they show bigger on the uh, or bigger on the inside technology as far as magic goes and I'm like it can't have been
0: an accident, right? <laughs> Undetectable, charm.
1: Uh, timeline, yeah. Timeline-wise and actual things being made, I think Harry po- yeah, Harry Potter was made for Doctor Who, but it just makes me laugh.
2: I mean, he killed that role. He was so psychotic. Absolutely psychotic. <laughs> but, okay. We didn't see in the movies, they don't show... How he gets out of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. So, for anyone who doesn't know, his mother got him out with the help of his father. They got him out of Azkaban, and Barty Crouch Sr. kept him imprisoned in the home.
1: Didn't they help sneak him out by transmogrifying?
0: Um. The dementors can't see. They just sense be- one healthy person and one sick person entering the prison, and one healthy person and one sick person leaving the prison.
2: So they switched out the mom
1: with Barty. -hmm. Yep. That's great. I love
2: that. And this is where Winky comes into play too because she was the house elf to the Crouches. But we don't see that. We don't see how he gets out of Azkaban. We see him get sentenced in the movies and that's it. But it's never really put out how he was freed or how he got out. So that was kind Mm -hmm. of, that was the pertinent information we could have used. Or see him kill his
0: father, turn his father's body into a bone, and bury it in the Forbidden Forest.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Terrifying.
2: And the fact that he had no problem killing his own dad. I mean, his dad is the one that actually sent him to Azkaban in the first place. And then kept him prisoner in his own house
0: for ten plus years. But still.
2: He did, but he did it thinking it would be more humane than out of guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, little fact about Barry Crouch Jr. He received twelve O-W-L OWLSs, twelve owls. Wow! Something even Hermione couldn't yeah. do. That's impressive. So. Because that leads into a, a, a thing. He kidnaps Moody. One of the best horrors out there. And you wonder how he did it. Well, with scores like that, he's got to be brilliant.
0: Smart enough and determined mm-hmm. enough to do it.
2: hmm Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's how he did it. You've got the smart genius man who... Who got him. But yeah, I, I could have used more of his backstory. Alright, we got three more characters here. Alright, let's go into Fenrir Greyback.
0: And he was in the movies, and his character was very creepy, but we miss the fact that he's the one that bit Lupin when Lupin was a kid, turned him into a werewolf. And we mm-hmm. miss so much of what made him so horrible, because he would intentionally put himself in places where he could bite children when he transformed and he went after and attacked and bit people when he wasn't in werewolf form mm-hmm. like he's mm-hmm. the one that attacked Bill Weasley and totally disfigured him and made him like kind of sorta-ish not really actually a werewolf I don't know exactly how that works pseudo-werewolf yeah. you know, but
2: here's the thing, here's what like kills me about Greyback, he didn't actually believe in everything Voldemort stood for he just liked the access to victims. Yeah. That's psychotic as hell.
0: Yeah.
1: What's interesting is like the Fender Greyback isn't really introduced. And then he starts to get introduced and you start to see bits and pieces. But when he gets actually introduced and the whole thing with the kids gets introduced, I'm like, this is a kid's book. With all the other stuff that's happening, that was the thing that surprised me the most being included in this world. Um, I don't yeah. I mean, it's just like this is
0: wild, man. This is wild.
2: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. He also had that unhealthy obsession with Hermione.
0: Wasn't that more of a movieism, though?
2: No, no,
0: no.
1: That was book. book. Yeah. Because we don't see him a whole lot in that part of the movie either.
2: He wants, after Bellatrix is done torturing Hermione, he wants uh, access to her. Ugh. Yeah. What happened do we know what happened to him
0: at the end of the series? Yes.
1: I mean, I think in the movie he gets killed, but I don't
2: know in the books. I might be wrong on the movies. Trelawney is the he got injured. Not killed, but injured by Trelawney. <laughs> it's ironic. <laughs> it is. Um, and I want to say it was by one of her crystal balls. I love it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm uh he is also the one that okay so we never get confirmation that lavender brown is killed right we know she was injured mm-hmm. but he's the one it's she's presumed dead he's the one that killed her
1: is that just a movie is no, she mentioned a... in the it,
2: books it's never mentioned in the books if she's dead or alive we know in the books she is attacked by grayback And presumed dead but we we never get confirmation Mm. so um that's one of the we're just going to take it as she's dead since we never hear that she's not uh because i think if she had survived then we would have heard about that Mm. Uh, but grayback is the one that got her so that's yeah so he's got quite a bit of interactions with these characters that again if we don't get I would have loved yeah. to have seen him taken down by that crystal ball though just one good whack with a crystal ball upside the head and you're down excellent I love go it. Trelawney you know mm-hmm. I'm sitting here wondering what Red is doing I'm sorry I'm trying to like flip through the
0: battle of Hogwarts to get to any of the information about Fenrir and then I keep getting distracted and either getting like really sad when Fred dies or when they're trying to get to the shrieking shack, and Hermione's like, "You know, we have to push the little knob to stop the Whomping willow." And Ron's like, "Oh, if only we had crookshanks." And then Hermione's like, "Are you a wizard or not?" And I just love the parallel to book one.
2: I'm gonna put the book down now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just put the book down. I love it. So we're gonna go on. Head cannon. Hermione runs in the shack, saves save Snape, and yeah, mm-hmm. and Snape doesn't die.
1: I'm done with this head cannon. Mm-hmm.
2: She puts a bezoar down his throat, and then uh, uses a uh, mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff to save him. Yeah.
1: Hey, if we make a head cannon that Hedwig is still alive, we can make we can do whatever we want. Snape is still alive. Jazz hands.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> won't say what he's alive doing. Because that goes into my my little world.
0: <coughs> Colin Creevy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let me just skip right over that. Yep. I won't I, I won't it.
0: yep. We'll just Colin Creevy. Uh adorable little Gryffindor who's he's what, two years younger than Harry? One or two years? One One because he shows up in uh, In Chamber of Secrets that's right Because he's like Mm -hmm. taking pictures and Gilderoy's Delighted Um, And we just we don't see him very Much I love that Then his little brother also comes to Hogwarts and then the two of them are like The Harry Potter fan club (laughs) They like when Draco Makes those Potter stinks buttons In Goblet of Fire They are trying to change them back And all they can make them say Is Potter really stinks (laughs) Yes. <laughs> harry potter defense yeah, they, squad they tried and that's what matters um and at least colin i don't remember if dennis did this too but colin snuck back into hogwarts to fight in the battle of hogwarts and was actually killed in the battle yeah oh I
2: found- P. i'm sad again i know yep yep because colin wanted to fight is it true griffin yep. Uh, he and his brother were both in Dumbledore's army.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah, they were.
4: Oh, man.
2: Um, Colin and his brother are muggle-borns. Did you know the reason he took the pictures was to send him home to his father?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. To show his dad what the Wizarding World was like. So I mean,
1: cute. And... And he was also trying to figure out how to set, how to develop them into wizard pictures. And can you imagine bringing all those pictures home to his dad, saying, "Dad, look, look at this! Look at this! It's waving at you. Mm-hmm. It's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Who's Harry Potter? He's a dude."
2: Mm-hmm. I think it was Oliver Wood and Neville that carried his body into the Great Hall. Oh, which is cool because Oliver Wood comes back to fight for Hogwarts. That is so cool. I've, I.
1: Oliver Wood, I love, it. I love in the scene in the movie where it's just a scene of a group of people on their Quidditch brooms flying around and slinging spells everywhere. I love that so much, and I, it's definitely Oliver Wood on yes. there, right? Like, is it implied or is it definitely? No, that's
2: it, just. I think he's credited. That would be a really good question for for Sean at the next, and this means maybe when I'm getting his autograph, I won't. Um, or photo with him I won't sit there and just clam up like I did last time and go can I have his autograph thank you bye Can you <laughs> sign my thing <laughs> yeah cause that's that's exactly how I was last time I was just a little overwhelmed but I think he was like my first autograph and I'm going I don't know what to here just sign my name is uh-huh. Michelle thank that's you. why I don't
0: do the celebrity meetups cause I'm like I would feel so awkward I wouldn't know what to say
2: are you a Gryffindor <laughs> or not not with social interactions <laughs> He's a Gryffindor.
0: We Great. should be fine if we can start talking about Harry Potter or like get into a fight together. Like that's fine. I don't. I don't mind that. But you awkward small talk? No thanks.
2: <laughs> you have issues. Um. Yep. All you have to do is go up to him and be like, hey, number one, here's our, our photo, which we will discuss what we are going to have autographed. Because this is going to be so cool. Red is going to tell you all about it. Um, but go, hey, by the way, while you're saying this, that was you in the final battle, right? Yep. Cool. Was great. Thank you. Um, but, okay, back to the creepies. Yeah, it's... Uh, he seemed like this cute innocent kid and then he's just taken down like that that was just yep (sighs) and his brother wasn't even featured yeah
0: did we get Dennis in the movies? nope I think we uh, no we didn't I have such a clear mental image of him coming into the castle in Hagrid's coat completely soaking wet and being like I fell in and then the giant squid pushed me back out of the lake which is like such a Gryffindor thing to say. But it's also like the most adorable thing to think of this tiny little 11 year old wearing Hagrid's coat that you know is like 16 sizes too big for him. That's
2: just. a <laughs> little muggle born kid. Yeah. Little cutie. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I think that. Okay we don't have time to go into the others we don't We're gonna have to we'll leave. have to do another episode mm-hmm. oh darn Emma you have to come back again gosh darn what the- oh
1: how disappointing oh no
2: oh it's such a travesty I'm so disappointed oh, oh gosh darn more time for us to defend Snape gosh oh, darn it <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Red it's like I'm regretting introducing these two
0: <laughs> what have I done
2: <laughs> what have I done
0: mm,
2: dug your own grave I, yeah that's think all of. I can think uh-huh. of or made Star
0: Wars references on a Harry Potter podcast it's fine here's the thing I was
1: going to make note of this uh, via a message on Instagram saying that we didn't make any Star Wars references and you had me there it's doubled the chances of Star Wars
0: references. Yep. I, yeah, I, I tried. it. Anyway, <laughs> on to the Quizzler. And again, this is anytime that we have a guest on the show, we will have two surprise questions for them to answer. Emma did not get a heads up about these. Um, whenever we don't have a guest... We just, Michelle and I ask each other But since Emma's here,
2: she's the one that gets
0: The hot seat I'm still scared
2: <laughs> Red is gonna go first again
0: If you were to play Quidditch What position would you play and why? Oh, I would absolutely
1: play the beater Um, oh why? <laughs> I just, here's the thing, of all the positions I think I'd be good at, I think I'd be good at aiming large uh, projectiles at other people's heads.
2: <laughs> the The fact that Red is just seeing her shaking her head <laughs> just makes me laugh a little bit more.
0: You should try traveling to Florida and back with this chick. I'm delighted. <laughs> it was a great time. So it's
2: the three of us going to Universal together. Yes. Got it. Cool. Okay. As long as the Death Eaters are there. Yeah, because Emma and I can sit there and put on fake uh, dark marks and walk around. And- yeah,
0: yes. and I'll be there in my Gryffindor robes being
2: like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> so can I have a half. You know what's wrong with me? And yet you're friends with us both. Can I have a half-Gryffindor, half-Slytherin robe? Oh, that'd be so cool. How would you... Oh, No, How no, no. You... I need a reversible one for every time my Slytherin side is showing. I just reverse it and it's Slytherin.
0: Oh, dang it, now you're making me want to design this. <laughs> I don't know enough about sewing to do this, Michelle. <laughs> you can figure
2: it out. I'll PayPal you the money. Okay,
0: well, I, I appreciate your confidence in me. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's well-placed or not, but I appreciate the vote of confidence.
1: This happens to me all the time, Loretta, with sculptures where it's just like, Emma, you can sculpt that. I'll pay you. And I'm like, one, that'll be a lot of money <laughs> Two, Hopefully I can sculpt that. Okay, sure.
2: <laughs> all right. So my question for you, other than your current house that you're in, Okay. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick another house to be in, what would it be and why?
1: Hmm. Always asking me those questions. Um See, here's here's the thing. I think there's a difference between belong and want. Are you asking which one would I belong in if I didn't if I wasn't sorted into Slytherin or which one would I like to be? If in? you
2: went to the sorting hat and You had that moment, like Harry, where you're like, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Where would you have wanted the hat to put you?
1: My gut response is Gryffindor, because I respect their courage. And you wanted to be with your bestie. Yes, always, (laughs) all the time.
2: I mean, and your bestie over there is part Slytherin, so you'd fit in right with her. You could still let your Slytherin side show. (laughs) Come to the green side. We have cookies. <laughs> Wait, are they thin mint cookies? Yes. Obviously.
1: Obviously, this is the best kind of cookies.
2: Oh, we're all on the same page with that?
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. I love it. Okay.
2: Um, mm-hmm. So, this is now the Gryffindor Slytherin Common Room podcast <laughs> with thin mints.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my coffee. goodness. Yes, coffee is very important, especially when it's coming out of Michelle's nose.
2: <laughs> you notice I didn't. I drank my coffee before the episode today.
0: Mm-hmm, you're learning. So
2: could, okay. So, um, <laughs> look, it takes me a while, and I will forget my lesson, and then one day it'll end up all over my keyboard again. <laughs> but until that day, so yeah.
0: No, I'm Emma's just- still laughing at her own joke. She thinks she's funny. No. <laughs> I mean, you get this and you
3: laughing. This is I- never <laughs> good.
1: I'm sorry. Hold on. While you were talking about that, I was drinking out not do and I had to stop myself from laughing while it was in my mouth. So Almost got her. <laughs>
2: okay. So Almost got So Reddit's goal is just to make anyone have a beverage come out of their nose since she can't have fat bogies come out of their nose. hmm I see. I didn't even so- make that
0: connection, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> smile. That's a scary smile.
2: So we are changing Rhett's name to Jenny. This is our new co-host, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny Potter, please stand up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next segment:
0: Voice time. <laughs> This week we have two voicemails from good friends of mine, Lucy and Addie, so let's listen to Lucy's first, because
4: we got hers first. Hi everyone, it's Lucy again. Now that I have permission from Michelle to send in millions of voicemails, her words, not mine, you may hear from me a lot. (laughs) No, I'll keep it reasonable. I unwisely but eagerly finished listening to your latest episode late at night and then did not sleep for a while because my heart was about to explode with joy. Your kind words truly mean more to me than you'll ever know. Also, congrats on your soapbox segment, Michelle. I love your passionate speech about inclusion and your Snape plushie. And even more congrats about LeakyCon following you on your Instagram. Now, as the great Snape debate approaches, I'm getting excited slash worried about how that's going to play out. So for a more serious question, what do you do when you get really passionate or riled up about something? For me, I get this excited little twinge in my voice and I have to take some deep breaths and relax my shoulders to calm down. Thanks for everything and have an awesome week.
0: Thank you, Lucy. You're the best. We always love your voicemails.
2: We do, Lucy. Hi, Lucy. So, Lucy, just to let you know, I now expect a voicemail every week. (laughs) I'm, I'm politely requesting because they put a smile on my face. Uh, Reddy, you want to answer her question real quick?
0: Yes, I would love to answer her question about how you respond when you get heated about things. I know for me, it often depends on what I'm getting heated about. Like, I made the mistake of calling somebody out for making a diabetes joke on social media a couple weeks ago. And then immediately had all kinds of people in the comments telling me that I was being too sensitive for that. And I was like diabetes isn't caused by sugar these jokes aren't funny i'm not going to stop advocating for this um and i had to eventually just like stop looking at the comments because it just made me really mad and ask michelle if she wanted to help me hide a body um which i agreed to yeah if it's more of a like fandom type thing i don't care as much like I don't get as emotionally invested, and I actually really like talking with people who have different opinions than I do about these things, because we can learn things from each other, and I like having healthy, respectful, kind discussions about things. And so, if it's starting to get too heated over a fictional character, it's not worth continuing the conversation and breaking up a friendship or making somebody mad or hurting feelings. And so that's when we just, like Emma and I, have a list of things we agree to disagree on, and we are best friends. And mm-hmm. we might occasionally bring up certain things on this list, but we do not debate them because we know neither one of us is going to change the other's mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, okay, Lucy. getting to your question, there's for me, there's a difference between getting passionate about something and getting riled up about something. If I'm passionate about something, that to me implies a level of excitement and thrill. When I get passionate about something, I get very bouncy, which retta will tell you, I get very bouncy. I get very I my voice gets higher pitched and I'll just start moving my hands around and I just yes, so my heart races a little bit and I just but I smile. And you can usually hear it in my voice. And I know Reddit's probably heard it in my voice when I'm talking about something that I'm having fun with. I start smiling and you can hear it when I talk. If I get riled up about something, I'm not a very nice person when I get riled up. I will be the first to admit it. I, I will... If you're going to... It takes a lot to get me riled up. But if you're going to rile me up, if you're going to push my buttons... I unleash everything at my disposal at you. And I go for the jugular. I do not play nice. Because if you've gotten me to that point that I'm mad, that I'm pissed off, I'm going to make you suffer. And I know that's probably not the best response out there, but it is my response to things. Retired military, it's a, yeah. Yeah, I will find your weakness and I will exploit it. And then I will make you regret crossing me. So, yeah, um, I try not to get riled up. I don't think I get riled up too too much, but I do get passionate about a lot of things. Uh, you know, you want to talk Harry Potter or Buffy the Vampire Slayer with me? Oh, I'm I get all excited and I just want to talk about it. And I want to <laughs> go on about the characters and I just I love it and I have so much fun with it. And that's where it it yeah.
0: What about you, Emma?
1: Okay, so if we're talking about heated versus excited, um, excited, I don't know how to describe it. It's definitely happened on this episode. It nervous and excited kind of go in tandem, where it feels just like my uh, vocal cords kind of, I don't know, it like my voice reaches kind of a a higher pitch, but also I enunciate less. And I'm told sometimes when I get too excited, I become incomprehensible. So I. I don't know, um, but it kind of—it's like me trying to speak through the fangirl squeal. Basically, Loretta has heard it. I just uh, and I talk. I start talking really quickly and really high pitched, and then it, it's just a spew of information because it's like, yes, I can talk about a thing. Um, don't, don't mention Batman. It's, just don't. It's worse <laughs> when it's
0: the two of us and we're like out in public and we like start talking about. There's a number of things that get us on it. And we're both just, like, sitting there, like, mm-hmm. doing the fangirl squeal, flapping our arms, jumping up and down in place. <gasps> and that's like, yes, we're two grown adult wetamen in their 20s out in public fangirling over Percy and Annabeth. That's just, yep. It's fine.
1: Um, if I get heated, I then... Um... I get what I affectionately call um, my uh, dad eyebrows and my dad voice. They're basically genetic Passovers from my dad's side of the family, but it's a furrowed brow and it's a very deep voice. And that, oddly and ironically, and I think disconnectedly, I talk very slowly and very carefully in kind of a warning. Like, okay, are we going to go down this road? And these days I'm not I have had relationships with certain people where they they don't want to have a discussion. They want to have an argument. And I'm very tired of having those kinds of interactions, but they've also taught me a good lesson in, okay, does this person actually want to talk or do they want to get me riled up or they, do they want to start a fight? Loretta knows. <laughs> I didn't- this isn't me talking about Loretta. She just knows some of the people I'm talking about.
2: And by the way, we can go down the uh, Percy Jackson rabbit hole anytime you guys want to, because I am a Percy Jackson fan.
0: What? How did I not know this about you? I could talk about Percy Jackson for almost as long as Harry Potter.
2: I've read almost all of Rick's books. Um, I started on the Magnus Gosh. Chase series. I have not finished up. I Okay, and this is really bad, because my grandfather it, it was Swedish. Um but I'm not really big in Norse mythology, which is really bad for someone who's part Swedish. But I love Roman, Greek, and Egyptian mythology and history. And uh, I love the fact that Rick goes in to explain the Hercules versus Heracles Mm. thing. That was the biggest way in mythology to irritate me is to sit there and go, oh, but Hercules was Greek. No, Heracles was Greek. Hera, please, gift from Hera to honor Hera or to suck up to Hera because you gave birth to Hera's husband's kid. However, you <laughs> going to tra- translate that. Um, so, but yes, so we can go down the Percy Jackson rabbit hole anytime you guys like. We can even have a phone call on that one if you guys want to, because I will be happy to do I that. Would be so down. Yeah. Yes, but I read the Cain Chronicles. I read the. Uh, Percy Jackson, the camp, camp Half-Blood, the Camp Jupiter thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I'm very well first in those two. So, okay.
0: Voicemail from Addie.
4: Hello, Retta and Michelle. It's Addie from the Empire Radio Podcast. I just wanted to say that I have been really liking your podcast. I've been listening to it a little bit. And you both have really good opinions about Harry Potter. Now, I'm not quite sure which one of you likes Snape or not from what I've listened, but I'm guessing it's Michelle, and I agree with you, Snape is an amazing character. He is my favorite professor, and he's just an, overall, he's a great character. He's an awesome, awesome character. We really need to get a little bit more backstory on him, I think. But anyway, I love you guys' podcast. Have an awesome night, and may the Force be with you. Bye! (laughs)
2: <laughs> By Here's the way. The,
1: thing. the great thing about a very well developed world is you can t- you can reasonably go into stories er, side stories on all of your characters and it would still tell a complete story because you already know a bit about the character going into it. So I, I would love more Snape stories, definitely.
2: <laughs> yes, and let me addy let me let you know hearing your voicemail and getting my confirmation on Snape. Made me smile so much. Yeah, and then she started
0: sticking her tongue out at me.
2: Yes, I did. (laughs) That's okay. The first time I listened to that voicemail, I'm sitting there going, ha, so suck it, Retta. (laughs) (laughs) We promise this
0: is a friendly rivalry. We do actually get along. (laughs) We do. I I love
2: Retta to death. I just like it when other people agree with me. You know, until I can get ready to come around to my side. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Addie please uh, let me know when we do the Great Snape debate. Let me know what you think of it. So, and hopefully, I make you proud. So,
0: it's it's going to be a great episode. It's, it's honestly, it's probably going to be even longer than this one. Honestly.
2: <laughs>
0: there's yes. just so much to
2: anyway. Yeah. A there's...
0: He's a very complex character.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Um, yeah, so we do have a couple of shout-outs as well. Um we have wonderful, beautiful new cover art. Um, if any of you have noticed, that is Michelle and I sitting in front of the fireplace in the Gryffindor Common Room. Um, And we commissioned this from my wonderful friend, Abby. We will link her Instagram in the show notes. And she just did such a great job with that. It was exactly what we wanted. It really captures
2: what we want to capture with our podcast.
1: Abby is very good.
2: Yes. So we are going to get a uh, giant printout of that. And that will be what we are going to collect autographs on.
0: From all the Harry Potter actors that we're able to meet.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. yes. they just announced that Bonnie Wright, actress for my girl Ginny, is coming to Fan Expo Denver. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to go to that one. Like, I'm just, there's, there's,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. That's going to have to get um, the autograph for that. So, mm-hmm. yes.
0: So, um, we will, like I said, link her Instagram in the show notes.
2: All right. So also, we would like to give a shout out to the franchise den. Um they cover a ton of different nerdy pop culture topics from the Justice League to the Toby Maguire Spider-Man movies to the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which are great movies. So good. And and more. Uh, the link to that is in our show notes. Do check them out. Do give them a visit. You will enjoy them. Definitely recommend. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, And then
0: finally, we wanted to uh, acknowledge the Needlessly Nerdy Entertainment Network, uh, formerly the Needlessly Nerdy Podcast Network. They've done a bit of rebranding. And they are your source for all things nerdy. So it's a network of nerdy podcasts and blogs and all sorts of things like that, covering a variety of nerdy topics. You know, we've got us with Harry Potter, we've got several Star Wars podcasts, there's Marvel, there's DC, there's all sorts of things there. Um so, I mean if you're listening at this point, you're a nerd. Just go check them out. They're great. Uh their website is at www.needlesslynerdy.com or the link is in our show notes.
2: All right, don't forget we are on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. The link is in the show notes. Also, you can leave us comments there. You can also send us messages there. So, Yep. Uh, we
0: also have a Discord server. We would love to have people on there um, engaging with us there. I've been posting a lot of memes and cartoons that I've been finding that I think are funny.
2: And don't forget, Reda likes to pick on me there. So, you know, great place to see, uh, visit if you want to see Reda pick on me. Om nom nom. <laughs> I will never get over that. I swear <laughs> if you do that... Ah, we need Preston to take a photo of you doing that <laughs> at Leaky Cod. <Cotton. laughs> All right. Also, don't forget, you can send us a voicemail or an email, um, especially if you want to leave us anything regarding the great Snape debate. Please do. Do keep in mind, we ask that it be friendly, though. So you can reach us at Gryffindor Common Room Pod at gmail.com. Um, And Spotify also has a new feature
0: where if you're listening on Spotify, uh, you can actually respond to questions on our um, podcast episodes. So if you have anything to say on there, let us know. We would love to read those out loud on the show. Thank you again so much for joining us, Emma. It was wonderful to have you back for this discussion.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Did you have any socials, podcasts, anything you'd like to promote?
1: I would like to re-plug what I plugged last week because I don't think I explained either of them very well. Um, uh, If you're on Instagram, I have a sculpting Instagram, I am finishing up a Ron and Hermione wedding sculpture once I figure out the Patronus, but usually I'll be sculpting all of the processes, all of the things I learned because I am a self-taught sculptor and sometimes I make disasters. So. I, I do a lot of process, I do a lot of nerdy stuff, and I'm doing a lot of potential nerdy stuff in the future, and it's very exciting. I also have a podcast that doesn't have a date yet for when I'm going to pu- or publish the intro episode, but um, the following three episodes will be um, discussing how the MCU defines worthiness as far as... Who can hold the hammer why they can hold the hammer and what does that say about worthiness in general that's really exciting i'm really excited as i'm putting this together loretta knows because i'm ranting about it to her um and i'd be excited to have listeners to that when i or when it's set up
0: it's gonna be a really great discussion and i didn't give the name
1: uh prospective hero podcast i'm gonna set up the twitter pretty soon so i at least have that going
2: when it's set up, give us the info and
1: I definitely we'll put it out
2: there.
0: Yay! Thank you. All right. Well, I think that is all that we have for this week. So thank you all once again for joining us in the Gryffindor Common Room. I'm your host, Retta.
2: I'm your host, Michelle.
1: And I'm your guest, Emma.
2: <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
4: The Needlessly Nerdy Podcast Network, your source for all things nerdy.
0: www.needlesslynerdy.com